You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but to some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome back, listener, to episode 48 of the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. As always, we are joined today, not just myself, but also Nathan Van Horn and Matt. Glad you guys are with us. And you, listener, I'm glad that you are with us for these 30 minutes of discussing the biblical narrative. And as always, I want to remind you that if you're not subscribed to the podcast, go ahead and hit the like button if you're on Spotify, the subscribe button if you're on iTunes, and whatever that looks like on whatever platform you're listening. So not only can you always know when there's a new episode coming out every Tuesday morning, but also you can tell the algorithm that this is worthwhile content. And you guys have been doing that uh, because we have recently surpassed a huge milestone, which is uh, 20,000 individuals have listened to the podcast. Um, that's huge. That means that you guys are promoting this podcast enough that people not connected with our churches or in our friend groups are seeing it, which that's a huge thing. Um, not only that, but we're about to hit 2,500 subscribers, which also is closing huge. in. Yeah. That's like, that's like the, the membership of a very large church, like 2,500 on Sunday morning. If we're getting 2,500 people listening to us, that's amazing. And you guys also, um, you listen to us. I, I kind of brought it on our, ourselves, but I did ask you guys a couple episodes ago to uh, leave us written reviews, written reviews on Apple Podcasts. Or just a star review. Or just a star review. Well, And then I asked, I was like, you know, only the very faithful, you know, had what it takes to leave a written review. And then somebody <laughs> gave us a three-star a three written review. <laughs> <laughs> a three out of five. Yeah, but hey, man, that's a C. Like C's, you turn them on their side and they smile. Well, I mean, you, know? you get a degree that way, so it's yeah. fine. <laughs> C is for congratulations. <laughs> this reminds me of the time in, uh, I can't remember if it was, I think it was fourth grade, because I was the worst. I talked way too much in class, use your imagination. But I came home and I had to show my dad my report card, because that was this whole ritual in our family. And I had all A's, but... In addition to your graded subjects, you always had like the behavior non-grades that were <laughs> character assessment. Uh, yeah, ca- essentially a character <laughs> assessment. And I failed miserably because there was this one called like there's handwriting and I'm left-handed. So that was always needs improvement. I can't help that I slant my letters. It's a right-hand prejudice world. Uh, but the one that I got, like right. I got a U, which means unsatisfactory uh, on the on the category talks in class. And um, and I think I think talks in class was there to make sure that you were engaging enough. And so my teacher did not want any lack of clarity about what the you meant. And so she wrote a marginal note and she put, it's not that he doesn't talk enough. And my dad just he gets so upset with me. He said, son, you have all A's, but you talk too much in class. He said, I would rather you be a straight C student, but be a good citizen. You should always be a good citizen. And I said, daddy, I can't help it. God made me to talk. And now here I am making a mediocre podcast that gets three star reviews. <laughs> All right. Well, you know well, what? We've got I, some I, five star reviews. I, too. I, I, so, okay, yeah. okay. I'm going to take offense at the, at th- the th- mediocre th- podcast. Th- thank you guys for bringing me up. 
<laughs> well, and hey, just saying, man, I, I wish my parents had the same view as your parents. My my parents were like, oh, wow, you got great, great behavior. But what's the C in math? <laughs> hey, uh, shout out to my parents who do listen to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for yes. your guidance. I'm safe. I'm we so, love you, Miss Vita. I'm safe because my parents don't. <laughs> oh, so oh, last goodness. week your wife didn't listen. Now your parents don't. Nathan, I, I'm so sorry, brother. So, uh, my brother mm. and my mother, my brother and my mother-in-law listen. So on the t- on go. the topic of talking too much, uh, fellas, I think I have <laughs> nice great segue. Great segue. I've, thank you. I, well, you know, I I learned from the best, but um, I do think that I know where we're going today. I've been very excited. Um, you learned from the we're kid who in, talked too much in class. Yeah. Well, well, we're back in territory where I I actually know a little bit about it because, as Matt likes to talk about, uh, this did make the children's Bible picture yes. Bible. Whether or not it should have Tower of Talking. <laughs> uh, I mean, not that it should the not gr- have made it. But, I mean, this is a biblical right. story, but I don't. I don't think it's uh, quite as you know uh, simple as we sometimes make it. Well, you know, knowing what I know, that's fair. Know now from this podcast, I, you guys are about to tell me that like the Tower of Babel was actually like a plot from like you know the 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 sons of Canaan and. It was actually it was actually a, a plot from spiritual beings to destroy the world, and I, I'm sure something like that will happen before this episode's over. <laughs> Man, we have jaded you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you are uh, that conspiracy theory episode has a lot to it. We've just, man. So so hopefully, at least the spirit of the podcast is not to come alongside the listener and say, "Oh, you." You think you know what the Bible says? Let us tell you what it really says. We're the Neil deGrasse Tyson of biblical podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) This is what it really says. You've been deceived all these years. No, uh, it really says those things that we've learned. It's just this podcast is to point out the beautiful nature in which they are so thoroughly knit together. And, And that's what the podcast has done for me is that, I mean, goodness, I've been to seminary. I mean, I have a degree saying that I know how to do this stuff. And this podcast has helped me connect dots in a way just by going through the text slowly with you all. It, it's helped me to connect dots in the way that I hadn't previously seen. Uh, so, yeah, and, and I'll just say uh, we never mean it as a slight when we talk about some things to which you may not have been exposed. Um, right. One of the real challenges, and, and Matt, I hope I'm not just speaking for myself, Pastors have so many things we'd love to get to and we'd love to teach on, but it, there's only so many things you can cover, right? Um, and so uh, personally, like with, with my pulpit ministry on Sunday mornings, I'm trying to edify the congregation through a sermon. On Wednesday nights, I'm trying to engage the Word through deeper Bible study. And on Sunday nights, uh, we're trying to equip practically for discipleship in our lives. That's kind of my pulpit model. Um and, there, you know, so like last night in Bible study, we were talking about the Apocrypha and why uh, most Protestants don't regard that to be part of the biblical canon. And, you know, I had someone say... By the way, this is... We're recording on Thursday, so he did that on Wednesday Yeah. Uh, and so uh, one of my folks says, that's great. And then they start asking me uh, questions about some of the early church councils and creeds. And I'm like, um, we'll get to that eventually. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. and, I, and I feel like a lot of what we talk about on this podcast is stuff that we either in studying or talking about say, hey, we'll get to that eventually. But it's stuff that helps bring out, number one, the interconnectedness of Scripture and, and two, uh, some of the beautifully creative ways that Scripture has been understood by those who read it before we did. 
You guys are so diplomatic and, and nice. You can tell who's the pa- who are the pastors on this show. <laughs> well, also, a lot of the feedback we've gotten from each of you all has been very encouraging that you all want to go deeper. That um, my this is no replacement. Listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible podcast is no replacement from being involved in your local church. But as so many of you have communicated to us that, hey, this is taking you a little bit deeper in understanding the text and seeing how it fits together. I mean, that means that we're fulfilling the mission that we set out and really felt led to do when we put this podcast together. Indeed. Um, so if, in case you haven't guessed already, listener, we're talking about the Tower of Babel today, mm. which we, we, we've done a lot of it the, the past 10 minutes of, but uh, thank you for sticking around with us. Right. <laughs> Lo- lots, lots of talking. But uh, why don't I read today? We're going to look at you. Genesis. Yeah, talking about diplomacy. Oh, I'm glad you got your reading voice back now that we're out of yes. Genesis 10. Well, exactly. Well, I, I'm angry at Matt because I was planning on doing the exact same thing. I was like, man, there's a, there's, no, man. There's a Tolly Doth right after this. How yeah, can well, I read well, this yeah, week? Well, one of y'all can read the second half of the chapter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't so, think I'm yeah, scheduled so, to read again until like Genesis 39. so as a childhood uh cartoon i really loved the disney make and take on winnie the pooh and where winnie the pooh when he talks about christopher robin he says no he's talking about rabbit and he says look he uses short easy words that i can handle like how about lunch so i have i have looked at genesis chapter 11 1 through uh number nine and they are short easy words that i can handle so i'm going to go ahead and read Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they all have one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language. So, they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore, its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. Matt, you So I just read that. You are such an accelerated reader. Clearly you have many leather-bound books. Um, <laughs> hey, so yeah, I, I want to ask this. Norm, normally going into the reading, um Gandalf will say, "Hey guys, where are we going today?" or something like that. And today perhaps the more appropriate question is, what does this remind you about where we've been already? That's a good question. What do you think about that, Gandalf? Well, uh, we talked about me being jaded from the podcast, and I can ar- I already can see. I know where you're going. He's I have, got his I've dots and through. string conspiracy board up on the wall. Yeah, <laughs> random random newspaper clippings. <laughs> well, let's go through this. Well, the first thing I see is talking about how 
you know, they're building a tower and the t- the reason they're able to build the tower is because they all have the same language and words. So it's That's huge, it, isn't it? Then yeah, because it's creation. Would, yeah, you you're so uh, we often read this story in a complete vacuum and it's a story about people building a tower and God not being happy about that. So why is it framed on the front end? By they were able to do this because they all had one language in the same words. And on the back end, God punishes it by confusing their speech. Yeah, basically what I'm saying is this whole thing is like a perverse mirror of the creation account. That's a great that's 1. a great way of saying it. Because immediately after that, well, first of all, it talks about them coming from the east, and we know how important east and west are uh, to creation accounts. As well as it said, it also it says, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly, which that sounds just like uh, God and the divine council talking that we've talked about yeah, way come, back in the come, day. Come, let us make. Come, yeah. let us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which that, that's huge. And then also, I mean, there's, there's elevation as getting closeness to God. That's a huge thing that we've seen over and over again, talking about uh, Eden being a mountain garden. And then also mm-hmm. in light of what we've learned about the flood, it makes total sense. I'm seeing this in new eyes. It makes total sense that they're very concerned with gaining elevation (laughs) as a way of (laughs) defying God in light of the flood. Uh, I never actually uh, picked up on that before, but that, yeah, God just flood the whole thing. And clearly they don't believe him about not doing it again uh, because they're going to take matters into their own hands. Man, those are some good catches. And in fact, one of the things that's just funny to me, and the whole earth had one language and the same words. It's kind of like we got to put that in there because you may all speak English, but it doesn't mean you can understand each other. (laughs) My sister was uh, a missionary to the UK uh, for uh, two or three semesters. And she is from East Tennessee, like myself. And uh, a lot of my East Tennessee doesn't accent doesn't come out unless I'm around fellow East Tennesseans. But when she was over in Birmingham, she was asked to read in her local church. She was asked to read the scripture uh, in one of the services. And afterwards, someone complained, saying that they didn't think it was appropriate that a woman should speak in tongues at church. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true statement. They thought she was speaking in tongues because they had no idea what she was saying, it, it, even though she's speaking. In it. <laughs> it reminds me of the old joke that uh, Britons and Americans are two people divided by a common language. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. That's it. But these people had one language and the same words. Man, that, so that, now how cool would that be to all have one language? Like I get upset just because of the fact that we have USB type A and USB type C like that alone what is happened? enough to drive me over the edge. But what happened to USB type B or did they feel like that would be redundant? Well, that's what you call a printer cable. <laughs> no one calls it USB type B. <laughs> I, I should have known you would have like an actual technical answer to that. Oh, oh, don't you worry. I know exactly what USB B is. That's yes. so funny. Um, so I, I could, I immediately thought of like slippery slope argument when you just said, how cool would it be if we all spoke one language and lived in the same place? That's awesome. Ah, Mark of the Beast. Uh, all right. That's it's where it's all headed. Well, I, so. I thought when you were talking about one language and the same words, you were going to, you know, do some kind of uh, Adam and Eve, husband, wife, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, you know. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, that's good. This ain't the also, five love languages. you touched on, <laughs> yes, you touched on this a second ago, Gandalf, as the people migrated from the east. Oh, 
Where have we e- seen that? Expound on that a little more. Where have you seen that before, Gandalf? Well, I mean, talking about like, you know, they came in from the east and when Adam and Eve, you know, were expelled from the garden, you know, which direction did they go? They went. He went east. Right. When well, the first the first one is God planted a garden in the east. Okay, you're right. I forgot that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also when Cain was in exile, he went east and built a city. Further east and built and a city. Built yes. a city. That's a great <laughs> catch. Ooh, interesting. On rock and roll. That's a great interesting. Question. So, uh, you know, and, and by the way, compare those two images. God plants a garden. Cain, who rebels against God, even, you know, directly ignores the advice God gives him, right? God shows up to warn Cain about the fury in his heart before he slays Abel, and Cain clearly rejects that. God makes Cain a wanderer, and Cain responds to that by building a city. So you have the garden planting God and the city building Cain. Fast forward to where we've been recently. What does Noah do when he gets off the ark? Plants a vineyard. Yeah, and yet here in Genesis 11, what are they doing? Building a city. They are They're not going the way of God, city. they're going the way of Cain. And exactly. You know what jumps out at me too is that, so the, the bold print on my copy of the scripture said, this call is called the Tower of Babel. But if you look down in verse number eight, it doesn't say they left off building the tower. It says they left off building the so city. That's great catch. That th- great it, catch. This is, this is bigger than just a building. They were coming that, together. This is what Nathan's saying. This is the way of Cain. Yeah. <laughs> and right. interestingly enough, these are the sons of Ham. Yeah. It's not just the way of Cain. It's the way of Cain then. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's right. Like I joked at the beginning that you, I was going to say, well, this was actually, you know, uh, a plot from the sons of descendants of Cain, but then it actually, that is what it was. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I almost interjected. I was like, well, spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, mm. Yeah. And, and by the way, Matt, uh, s- same point through a different angle. When you get to verse 10, you have that big heading Shem's descendants. Right. And we've just come right. off a story where we right. argue that Ham uh, and, and through Ham Canaan, are essentially an attempt to usurp that which is Shem's. And so if you see verse 10 and and God moving the story forward through Shem's descendants, then who can you presume has messed it up in verses 1 through 9? The descendants of right. Ham The descendants and of Ham. So this is like, well, look at when Ham's at it again here, because this, is, this would be Canaan's descendants because Nimrod was from Cush. But it, it seems to drop the hints in Genesis chapter 10 that Nimrod builds Babel. And 10 verse 10, the beginning of his kingdom was uh, Babel. So th- there it is. And it's all in the land of Shinar. And then he also built Nineveh and Assyria and all that. Man. Yeah. And, and we've fascinating yeah, we've how talked, this stuff We've fits talked together. about this before. But when we, see, when we see the word Babel, this is the same Hebrew word that is used for... Babylon. Babylon. So right, fast yeah. forward to the Old Testament. Uh, eventually, God, eventually God, <laughs> thank you. Uh, my, my fourth grade teacher thought less of it when she was filling out my report card. Um, the uh, That was really funny in my head. Shame on you both. Uh, <laughs> it was funny. I, I smiled, but it doesn't get recorded. Oh, there it is. Um, I need an audible should, smile. You should join First Call Baptist Meridian, Matt. Um, the, uh, uh, yeah, so... Fast forward in the Old Testament, God will bring his people as a whole, Israel, to a land, and there he will give them cities they did not build to live in, 
vineyards they did not plant to eat from. That's the language of Joshua 24. Mm. Man, that's huge in connection with this, right? That's right. There Israel will be established as a kingdom, and then Israel will split when it does not keep God's covenant or walk in his ways. Man, that sounds like Genesis uh, chapters 1 through 3. And then when they split, they will split into two kingdoms, a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. The northern kingdom will be conquered by a nation called... Anyone? Assyria. Assyria. And the southern kingdom will be conquered by whom? Babylon. Babylon. The whole the, story of the Old Testament. Ham's at it again. Yeah. Ham's at that, it again. And that's, you know, we, we've talked about this so much. Uh, I keep using the illustration of a slingshot. Genesis 1 through 11 is a prologue for the Old Testament as a whole. I mean, you are pulling back the slingshot. You are creating so much potential energy that the rest of the Old Testament is just going to spring forward and unpack as this <laughs> thing just ricochets all over the place connecting dots. Um this mm-hmm. thing's just going to ricochet all over the place in the story that unfolds. And what I want us to see is that chapter 11, uh, kind of like Matt says, it points forward, but it also points backward. These are not just isolated stories in Genesis 1 through 11. They're, they yeah, they keep me, alluding me, to each other. Let me speak to that even further back. We've already acknowledged it a little bit, but Genesis chapter 4 and verse 16 Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch. When he built a city, he called the name of the city after the name of his son, Enoch. Now, there is a little bit of, uh, if you remember, there's a little bit of genealogy that takes place here. And the men that are listed there, first of all, they bring violence into the picture. We talked about Lamech. But also, Tublacane, he introduces technology, instruments of bronze and iron. And then also, uh, Yubal, the one who introduced the the pipe and the lyre and musical instruments, culture. So the culture comes from the cities. Technology comes from the cities. So what's interesting I was thinking of is when we were reading and I was listening to uh, Gandalf talk about what he saw in the text is the whole idea is a brick and stone. These are not hewn stones. Oh, that's a good this point. This is brick. This is brick for stone. This Th- is, there's this a technology, technological leap stone. here. It's this man-made stone. That's a, I've they, never thought about that. So this is man-made stone. They are using technology just like Cain's descendants use technology to build cities. They use technology here to build cities and, you know, it's like this this whole thing. I know this is a soapbox for Gandalf because he I, I, is I'm being quiet now. I'm you talk. <laughs> you, preach, brother. Preach. Lead us. Lead us. He's, lead us. He's brother. still mentally choosing between the red pill and the blue pill. His mind is not made up. <laughs> it's like, man, I don't know which is the greater evil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and it's, it's funny that I used to be up until just the last four or five years, I used to be a techno-optimist and like, man, technology is going to lead us to a new age and everything. In fact, Matt, I remember one of the first conversations I had with you when you came to be a pastor here 
is I was talking about my opti- optimistic outlook on technology, and the past few years have made that re- really tough. You, you, you know what changed my mind on that? What's that? Literally every single movie about technology. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. How, like how many, how many movie plots, give us 30 seconds, how many movie plots can you name where the technology created to be mankind's deliverance or salvation ended up being man's complete destruction? Go, it, right? It, it, yeah, exactly. It reminds me of that thing where they use the technology to bring the dinosaurs back. Jurassic Park, oh, yeah. Dr. Malcolm, <laughs> God creates dinosaurs, God destroys dinosaurs, God creates man, man destroys God, man creates dinosaurs, and then Dr. Sattler says, dinosaurs eat man, woman inherits the earth. <laughs> all those stories in the same, uh, all those stories in the same, the The robots always win, uh, things, you know, but that's what we're seeing here. This is a technological leap. This is not just stones laying around. Yeah, this they're, is they're cutting them up and these are things bricks. And, yeah, they're bricks. And by the way, Nathan, you can comment on this. The altars that are made, and also, if I'm remembering correct, was it stones for the temple as well? They could not be hewn. Mm. Maybe I'm wrong about the temple part, but they they could not be cooked bricks. That's man, um, that's interesting. Well, you know, and again, when, when I mean, uh, this is this is assumed, but we haven't said it out right. The whole ziggurat thing, right? You know, you oh, know this is yes. this is in like, this is in Babel. What is Babylon. this tower? This tower, you know, it's usually depicted in art, like that famous painting uh, by Gustave Doré about the Tower of Babel. It looks like a spire or a drill going heavenward. I want to come back to that, but usually yeah, there's a guy who's like really excited about it, like on that painting. Um, and uh, but usually, uh, you know, archaeologists say this is far more likely a, a ziggurat, you know, a, uh, a, a, a square-based stepped pyramid-like structure. But those were not civic centers. Those were religious centers, right? These were ancient temples where sacrifices would be altered, offered. Um, so I, if, if you're distinguishing later in the Old Testament, if you're distinguishing uh, God's house from what you find in Babel uh, as a place where heaven and earth meet, at least symbolically, mm. that's a good catch, Matt. That it's kind of like, hey, let's let's establish when God meets, it's it's on His terms. It's not it's not on your terms. We're going to make the stones. We're going to make them out of brick. We we've got this technology, and, and no wonder God says, hey, listen, anything they propose to do now, nothing is going to be impossible. Yeah, and, and by the way, like a point that you keep bringing up in Genesis one through eleven is the crossing of the boundaries. Uh, so go ah, go back to the Jerusalem temple. Yeah. One thing that God, it's like it's symbolically there, respecting the boundaries, right? You not only have an right. innermost part, the Holy of Holies, the Holy of Holies has its own special boundary, right? That's right. And you have to be you very know, careful, uh, and it's a very sanctified process to cross through it. Man, that's, mm. that's good stuff. Well, and you know, I, I mm. notice we're talking about how this, you know, looks forward as well. And I can't help, I, I've mentioned this before on previous episodes, but I can't help but think we do this same exact thing today because, you know, it's hard to not notice that the the richest people, the smartest people on the earth right now are all trying to reach to the heavens ex- explicitly for salvation. Tra- talking about so, trying to like go to space. Oh, that's true. Or, or so at least interesting. for a joyride. If, <laughs> if you're thinking hat. about if you're thinking about the story, it's like, well, what if God had not intervened? What would have happened if the city 
was left unchecked and everything just went forward. I think the answer to that is it what would have happened is what happened before the flood. The world would have been filled with violence. That's it. Uh, but, but because Cain built the city. Yeah. And then the city became corrupt. And then also you've got the sons of God, daughters of men going on there. But still but still, like the corruption came from the descendants of Cain, it's pretty clear, because the descendants of Noah were the ones that were the righteous line that God preserved the earth for. And it's, by the way, it's interesting. We go straight into Ham's descendants and the new Noah is going to be chapter 12. It's except his name is Abram. Uh, it's, it's interesting how this stuff fits together. Yeah. And, and I guess my final point would be responding to Gandalf, uh, you know, uh, seeking salvation in the sky. There's actually a book about this. And I'm not coming. I don't agree with the, all of the author's ideas or worldview or all that. And, you know, we live in a culture where you have to say that outright or people will assume that you do. Um, but the book is called Getting High. It's by a guy named Kester Bruin. And he kind of traces this trope, uh, both in history and in literature, about how often the ability to move upward is seen as the pinnacle of power. So when, when uh, you know, when you're coming off of the industrial age, what's the sign of power? Really tall buildings, <laughs> you know, when you have competition between nations who are already developed and already who have really tall buildings, what's the symbol for power? Conquering the air, World War II, and then post-World War II, the race to space. What is the uh, what, 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 what is the pair? And now to Mars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, what, and, and, and yeah. you know, superheroes. What is the paramount ability for superheroes? The power of... fly. There it is. It, it keeps coming up. And so what I think what you have set up uh, in, in Genesis 11 is, is something like that. It's, this, is, this is not just a neutral thing. This is men, to Matt's language, crossing a boundary. This is men, you know, to, to the uh, – this is the negative mirror, the negative foil of, of God making things in Genesis 1. Men are making something in a, such a way that they are crossing a boundary and trying to play God. And when they try to play God, God in the verses right. that follow is going to come down and show them that they are not. Well, <laughs> it's, a, the, it's the unfortunate trope that happens over and over and over again, that when you ignore God's word, you forget who God is. And if you forget who God is, you don't know who you are. And if you don't know who you are... You certainly do not know the worth and value that your neighbors have, and it just ends in violence. Mm -hmm. That's well, it's Matt. like this trajectory; it just keeps tumbling down and down and down and down and down. And I think also, as Nathan, you've pointed out to me as the Roman scholar, that one of Paul's arguments in chapter one is they forget God, and they not only it tumbled down to where they forgot who they were, and also forgot who their neighbors were mm. and started doing all kinds of horrific things to each other. So th this is the trajectory. When Babel goes unchecked, it leads to Genesis chapter six that says, uh, isn't it verse number five? The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So it's as a final comment here, because it could be that you would read they this and a, say, they man, got an God, unsatisfactory on their report card. Yeah, God is such a party pooper 
like why why did he shut this thing down? Because because God knows where it's been and He knows where it's, it's going. It's getting even worse. That's and it. It's this is a merciful act, and what's interesting, it's also God fulfilling His promise in the previous chapter. I'm not going to flood them again. <laughs> I, I won't let them get that bad where I need to flood them. Exactly. That's oh, that's such a good way of putting that. That's such a good way of putting that. That I'm going to put these things in place where it does not get here again. And as just a closing comment, when you get to Revelation, whatever that looks like, and it is mysterious, you know you're getting towards the time. And when you look at the time at the end, all the coming, it's the return to Babel, all the coming together, you know, in some kind of one world, whatever that looks like. It's all Babel. Everything is connected to this passage. It's crazy. I'm going to make a little um, conspiracy wall for you, Matt. Just the center one says it's all Babel. It's It's all Babel. (laughs) Well, thank you for that, guys. And you, listener, in a perfect world, uh, a sinless world, there would be only one podcast. But unfortunately, there are many (laughs) podcasts. And if you do not want to be scattered among them, please like and subscribe so that you always know where we are every Tuesday morning. That's in your subscription feed. So thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Have a good one. One one to rule them all. (laughs) Wow, we almost went a whole episode. Almost went a whole episode without Lord of the Rings. One to rule them all. Shalom, I think. All right. That was a great episode, guys. I'm locking that in.